raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. On the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline, he is sounding spectacular per usual. IMS Radio Network, IndyCar. He's the voice of the greatest spectacle in racing. And uh, he used to ride his bike. He does not any longer to each and every race. It is Mark Jaynes joining us now. Hello, Mark. How are you, John? I am great. I am a little saddened that you no longer ride your bike, however. I always thought that was pretty cool. Well, you know, I, I got to the point to where I didn't want to cut grass and I didn't want to shovel snow. And rather than hiring someone to do it, I I thought I'd get an early jump on condo living. So the springs of Saratoga yes. in the city that produced the legend that is Bob Lovell, right. Field, Indiana, is where we now call home. And um I am happy to visit Speedway uh, still on a regular basis. Charlie Browns and yes, you know uh, the, the Dawsons and some of the some of the usual haunts. They've added a little peep to Main Street. I had the uh, scrambled eggs and lobster the other day. Which was oh, good. wait a minute! Nobody told me about the la peep and scrambled eggs and lobster. Tell me uh, more. It, it is a game changer. I'm oh. telling you, it's way above average. We had it for breakfast yesterday morning. My bride and I did before the uh, before we came to qualify. Oh man, that's what George Costanza made when they right. were they were out in the Hamptons. <laughs> I was in I was in the pool. I was in the pool. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love these eggs. What's it? Oh, you do? Well, that's great. Yeah. I love that. So anyway, now could you not ride your bike? Uh you could walk Washington Street to Lynnhurst and then Lynnhurst over to tenth and then tenth to Maine and go right in there. You could do that if you wanted. Well, uh, I, I I have been rewarded with pagoda parking this year, oh, okay. thanks, to Donald, thanks to Donald Davidson. So I'm choosing that route instead. You know, honestly, wait, 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 wait! Did you didn't I, have pagoda parking as the voice of the race before this. Let's move on, John. <laughs> in the fall, in the fall, I will be going uh, to to to. I will be going in for a full knee replacement on my right knee. I had oh, the cool. left one done a couple of years ago. And then I think next year I will probably park somewhere near uh, the new athletic director of Speedway High School, Dan Maple, who yep. lives just off of 22nd Street. I'll probably park there, bring my bike, and ride it into the Speedway and ride it back out. So. They've had a fantastic baseball season. Nice little run there a little bit earlier yeah, this year, too. Yep. Yeah, okay, I'll save you uh, from the not having pagoda parking until this year subject matter. That does interest me, but we'll save that for later, as they say. But yeah, knee replacement, I I wimped out on that like two years ago. Seriously, I was going to get that done, and I wimped out on it. Well, uh, Kevin Scheid did mine, and I felt like that if Dr. Scheid could reattach Davy Hamilton's seat about 11 or 12 years ago after his crash in Texas and, uh, you know, allow Davy to become, you know, upright and productive again, right. I trusted him to do my knee replacement. And Dr. Scheid, who became a good friend, selfishly retired, and he has been replaced by Dr. George Vestermark, who, is, who will be doing my knee replacement this fall, and I have the utmost confidence in him. So. It's uh, the voice of the greatest spectacle in racing. It is Mark Jane. So we had a, a bit of an incident a little bit earlier. And uh, uh, Stephen Wilson transported to the hospital. Is that accurate? Am I, am I there right now? 
Yeah, well, you know, we, we, we talked to the medical staff at, at uh, the Indianapolis Motor Speedway here, the Infield Care Center, the best in the world, by the way. And uh, he was awake and alert the entire time and uh, in good spirits. Uh, they, they said, you know, no, no issues that they were concerned about. They just thought it made sense to send him to Methodist Hospital for a further look-see. And uh, for all intents and purposes, uh, they were uh, extremely optimistic about his condition. And, uh, and as are we as a result of that. And uh, hopefully, um, you know, the, 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 the look-see will come back fine and uh, he'll, he'll be ready to go on Friday. I know that the team is already working uh, to make the necessary repairs. They do have a backup car at their disposal. It's a couple of years old, but uh, they had it here. And uh, I think work is, is, is going on on that as we speak. And, uh, and, and and Catherine Legg uh, was able to, you know, walk out of the infield care center and uh, was treated and released. And, and I'm sure the repairs are, are being made to their car. But it was going into turn number one and long line of cars and, uh, you know, uh, reaction time. You know, they just, they're, somebody checked up. And, uh, and uh, it's, it, I, I will say this to give you an idea. Uh, just how incredibly talented these drivers are, courtesy of our good friend Scott Richards. Um, it's, it's the first time that there has been a multi-car incident uh, since Connor Daly and Oliver Askew in 2020 in, Indy, in any Indy 500-related session. So that's 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 pretty impressive. There have been single-car incidents, but this is the first multi-one in a couple of years. Yeah, that's all, I saw that. That looked a little bit heavy-duty there at the beginning, too. Yeah, I mean, they unfortunately, I, I guess, you know, again, the safer barrier did its job. Uh, the aero configuration of these cars uh, did its job. I mean, uh, Capra's car got a little bit of lift to it and settled right back down. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, Steph Wilson uh, was, was – uh, his car, I think, fortunately scrubbed off a lot of speed. But it was, the, it was you know, it, it, it kind of poked a hole in the wall. They had to make some repairs to it. And it was certainly – there's no such thing as an insignificant crash here, no. especially at those speeds. But uh, I think, again, it's another indication – of, of just how the, the far that we have come in terms of technology as it relates to safety, the fact that for all the intents and purposes, both of these drivers are going to get back to 100% very, very soon. He's uh, Mark James, IMS Radio Network, the voice of the racing, the voice of IndyCar, the voice of the Indy 500s on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Where would you compare yesterday, for example? I would give you the entirety of the weekend, but we'll talk yesterday uh, with the, the run for the pole and then obviously those getting into that back row and Graham Rahal getting bumped out. Where would you compare that to the drama you've seen in the past on Sundays and covering this race? Well, I would almost go back to Saturday first because, uh, you know, the last couple of hours on Saturday uh, with the new format and everything, the thing that I found interesting is over the last two hours, we were put in a position where we had to cover two vastly different storylines. Uh, I mean, we had to cover not only the quest to be in the Fast 12, but we also had to follow those drivers that were doing everything they can to stay out of that last row shootout. So we had two very different storylines going on that we had to follow and to watch those unfold. And then uh, to come back yesterday and have it all end up the way that it did, um, I mean, I, I think the reference that I made is just that it's another thread of the incredible tapestry that that makes this the greatest spectacle in racing. And, you know, I, I don't know uh, that, that anyone has ever handled this situation with more class and 
sportsmanship and dignity than Graham Rahal. I mean, I heard his interview with Jake and, and Kevin this morning, and I mean, if you weren't a fan before, you you better be now. And I, I think, you know, now that that's been posted, if you want to take your young athletes, moms and dads, and, and, and teach them a lesson about sportsmanship, tell them about the story, and then let them listen to that interview that Graham Rahal did, uh, because it's one for the ages for sure. And I think it shows the level of leadership that he has in, in that race team. But you know, uh, it, it, there were a couple of people I think adversely affected by it. I mean, I can't imagine the pendulum of emotions and the conflicted emotions that Bobby Rahal had. You know, wanting his driver Jack Harvey to do well, but doing knowing that Jack would do so at the expense of his son, and then poor Jack Harvey, who is just one of the nicest people that you will ever meet in any form of sports, uh, cannot celebrate making the Indianapolis 500 because. It, it came at the expense of a teammate that he has the utmost respect for. I mean, it was just, uh, it's, it's what, it's, it's all what makes it the greatest spectacle of the race. And yesterday was just another chapter in it for sure. So Mark James with us, how about the work for AJ Foyt enterprises? Uh, first, uh, first time that they've started that far up since uh, Robbie Gordon started third, uh, when he ran for AJ Foyt. Uh, it, it's just uh you know, it's Michael Cannon and the crew that they put together and the job that Larry has done, Larry Foyt has done, and A.J. have done kind of, uh, you know, reforming that team and uh, uh, the changes that they have made and, and adding Santino Ferrucci, uh, obviously, to the mix this year and then the talented young driver in, in Benjamin Peterson. And that, I mean, it's a it's a really good story. There's no doubt about it. And, uh, you know, it's it's just a reminder that uh, that AJ Point still has a little stroke at 16th at Georgetown, which is uh, which is really really cool to see. Yeah, no doubt about that. It was it was great to see because normally you don't even think about it in terms of being that competitive. And for the first time, as you mentioned, in a long time, um, it was. What else stuck out to you as far as we haven't even talked about the the pole winner Alex Palou as of yet? But what else stuck out with you uh, as far as what you saw and what really impressed you about the weekend itself going into the 107th running? Well, I, I think that uh, I get got to give a ton of credit to Pesky Entertainment. Got to give a ton of credit to Doug Bowles and the staff here at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Not only does the place look absolutely amazing, uh, but the efforts that they have undertaken uh, to get the word out about it. I mean, the days are gone of thinking because of the battle for the entertainment dollar. Uh, the days are gone of thinking you can simply throw the gates open and expect a lot of people to show up. I mean, crowds were up for the GP weekend. Crowds have been up for every practice day. Huge crowd out here today. A qualifying crowd was one of the biggest in recent memory. And uh, I don't think there's any question that the you know the buzz is back, and I, I think they had the ball rolling in the right direction with all of the efforts undertaken to, to get us ready for the 100. Uh, that pandemic, like it did a lot of things, disrupted it. Uh, but uh, the bottom line is this: over the past couple of years, that they have worked tirelessly to remind people that this is here, and this is the place that, uh, that that people need to be. Uh, I mean, the infield is shiny. There's more video boards. There's more viewing mounds down at the north end. They give people a great view of the racetrack. Those that buy those general admission tickets, and uh, I, I think all in all. Uh, under the guise of Penske Entertainment and, and that outstanding staff and, and Doug Bowles and, and his staff, I, I think that if, for the foreseeable future, every time you come in here, you're going to look at this place and say, wow. And, uh, uh, you know, Roger Penske came here as a fan first, and it's uh, something that he never forgot, and it's it caused him to fall in love with the place. And I think he wants each and every person that comes in here 
to have that same experience. And I think the same is true of Doug Bowles, the IMS president, for sure. So Mark James with us on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Before I let you go, that front row with, you know, I mentioned Pelo, VK, uh, Felix Rosequist. You got uh, Scott Dixon in row number two. Pato Award, you guys have talked about him endlessly, and there's a reason why you have so far this season. Of those five drivers, what do you like here on a Monday, well before that race on Sunday? Who do you like? Is there anybody that stands out, or is it somebody else on the grid you're in favor of? I, I just I, I picked I picked Pato Award when we were way back at Texas just because I I mean the guy's got I think three runner up finishes so far this year and uh, I think he's matured to the point but still is yet fast enough and and runs on the edge enough uh, to put himself in a position to be successful on race day um, and Nick Yeoman uh, has, has chosen Alex Below as many other have I think that's a very safe bet because. Uh, you know, Alex now knows what he did not know a couple of years ago when he finished runner-up to Elio. And so if he gets himself in a similar position, I think he'll handle it a lot different, and the outcome will be a lot different. Um, he's figured this place out in a hurry, and he is he is certainly a favorite. But I really believe, you know, Scott Dixon was not on pole, uh, and, and Scott Dixon has had an incredibly – quiet month and has been very very efficient he's not been among the front runners in speed in terms of the top two or three but he's been around the top five or six and i just think given the fact that he had the field covered last year there was no doubt who the best car in the field was and the fact that he threw it away of his own doing i don't think there have been too many hours of the day that have gone by the last 350 some odd days that he hasn't thought about that and as if he's not dangerous enough and a threat enough to win, I, I think what happened last year and the kind of month that he's had to this point, I think it wouldn't at all surprise me if he got win number two. Yeah. Can't wait to listen to you. You're going to stop by for going to Plaza on Sunday morning, as you the, always do? Wouldn't miss him for the world, brother. You know I'll be there. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm still thinking about those eggs and that lobster right there. Nobody well, told me about yeah, that. I'm telling you, I highly recommend it. It's it's a life changing experience. I'm overselling it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's good stuff for sure. Yeah. Oh man, how are things going otherwise too? I know you're still involved in high school stuff as well. Before I let you go, how how are things going in that capacity? You know, I, I thank you for saying that. I mean, I love what I do here. Yeah. Uh, I really love what I do there too, and I'm proud of the fact that, believe it or not, uh, two of the top ten academically at Monrovia High School were in our program. They were part nice. of our communications program. And I'm honored the fact that there are uh, no fewer than six seniors that I've had for the last couple of years that have chosen to pursue communications in high school. And that's that's the ultimate compliment. And I'm, uh, I'm, I'm really honored and privileged to, to be on the staff there at Monrovia High School and uh, appreciate all the support that they give me to allow me to continue to chase this crazy dream of mine. Yeah, I'm going to tell you, yeah, Monrovia has grown so much since i mean we used to play them obviously back when i was in high school i don't think my school no longer eastern no longer plays them but uh the way that they have grown uh for the good has been incredible well i I hate to bring this up but i do remember i think i was my freshman year in high school uh we snapped an O and 23 streak against the eastern green and we were the copy campbell team of the week on wish tv (laughs) <laughs> what year was that 
Dave Oberly was the coach. I think it was around 78, 79, oh, somewhere in there. Oh, man. Yeah. That would have been. Yeah, we were like 0-23 yeah. or 0-30 over two years. We beat Eastern Green. We were the, the copping Campbell team of the week on which <laughs> That was That would have been Jeff. Jeff Allen is the uh, head girls coach at Bedford North Lawrence. They just won a 4A title. He played right, collegially yeah. at both Vincennes and DePaul. He would have been a part of that team, I believe. Well, you, you, you want to talk about a guy that redefines intensity. My goodness, what a great basketball coach he is. I oh, got yeah. to know him during the state finals earlier this year. He's a good dude, for sure. Hey, th- those girls play exactly as he teaches, exactly as intensity-wise he shows. That's exactly how his team plays. Well, you know what's funny? When they walk in the gym, I mean, they look like somebody you'd have come in and watch your kids. I mean, they look like the, the typical, stereotypical <laughs> girl next door. But, yep. boy, I'm going to tell you what, there's a lot of toughness on that basketball team, no doubt. No doubt about that. Shout out to Norovia and shout out to Plainfield, the new, I shouldn't say new home, but the somewhat new home of the voice of the greatest spectacle in racing it is Mark James. Mark, we will catch up. And Pagoda Plaza coming up on Sunday morning to get some rest and just have an incredible broadcast on Sunday, as always. You're a good friend. We appreciate the time. Thank you, brother. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Andy Moore, Automotive Group Pylon. He's a part of the IMS Radio Network. Got the 500 call coming up on Sunday. Got the morning show, Kevin and Query. Weekday mornings from 7 until 10 a.m. He is Jake Query. Did you just finish something up? I did. Uh, we had a couple of shows that I had to take uh, Speedway related because I've got actually on Thursday from five until six, we'll be at the Kroger on Crawfordsville Road with all of the drivers from Arrow McLaren as part of a promotion for Mission Foods. So is that you and Kevin? Had, uh, you and Kevin? No, just me. Um, I'll be there um, with. It's just myself, 5 to 6 p.m., um, but because of that, I had some other stuff that I needed to, to tape ahead of time so that I didn't, like, cross over and get stuck and not fulfill other obligations. So Nice. I was in the building. I just pulled out, and traffic is flowing on Illinois. I'm on my way back to the Speedway right now. So it's a busy time of year, but I love it. It's, busy. it's my one week of relevance, so I enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. Nah, man, it is a great week. I, the Mission Tortilla Chip... It's pretty badass to me, man. I can get with it. The Mission Tortilla Chip they make in the in the shape of race cars for oh, wow. this promotion. Do they really you love that? Right? I they do love do. that. Yeah, little race car tortilla chip. Yep. <laughs> I'll all... grab you a bag. I'll leave them on your. I'll leave them on your cubicle. Okay, if you're if you're dipping that chip, Costanza, or double dipping it, are you going with? I uh, just go with the obvious here. Are you going with queso, salsa, or guac? Well, I, first off, I can tell you right now, I just you dip the chip and then end it, right? Yes. Can't double dip. Timmy. Well, first, hey, Timmy. <laughs> <laughs> you dip the way you want to dip. I'll dip the way I want to um, I am a fan of queso. I am not going to deny that, man. I do. Love, although guacamole is good, too. I can go with any of the three. I'm, I am good with either of those three condiments. 
Is salsa still diet? Remember back during the the diet one diet craze, salsa. Everybody was using salsa. Everybody felt that salsa needed to be on tables and be used because it was a form of diet for many. I think guacamole kind of works the same way for many right now. Is that true or is that bullcrap? Uh, I think it's true. I think guacamole, because it's avocado, contains a lot of the good fat in it, but it is a high fatty food. Salsa, on the other hand, if it's hot enough, it is my understanding that an increased pepper temperature can can spike your metabolism. I don't know if that's true. No, I, that. I, I, I used to go by, I lived by that theory in the 1990s. I put, it's probably why my insides are the way that they are. Hot sauce was on everything. Every time I got served something, hot sauce was covering it because I, I have a metabolism of some old eight, 1880s woman churning butter. <laughs> it's like, I'm eating a two-foot corn dog, but it's okay because I'm dipping it in Dave's Insanity sauce. <laughs> well, Just burn that right off. Well, okay. that was, that's what the 1990s did to me. They, they told me that about my metabolism with, um, with hot sauce. They told me that rice was low-fat, that pasta was low-fat, and that snack wells were low-fat. Yeah, I think you got. I think I got fat from them all. Thank you. I'll never forget. I worked at Hardwick's Pipe and Tobacco, the greatest job ever, the cigar store that I worked at. And Oline and Olestra came out. It was like the fat, you know, whatever. And my boss Joe Moran and I housed off like an entire can of chips. Yes. And all of a sudden, he says, "I'll never forget it." He says, "Uh oh." You know what? He said, it says in here there's a warning <laughs> that too much too much Olestra can cause, and I quote, anal leakage. <laughs> that is a true statement that was on the back yes. of the can. And let me tell you something, brother. About 10 minutes later, we're like, wait a minute. What just hit us? What just happened? It was ugly. Olean Pringles would uh, provide massive anal leakage. <laughs> oh, I mean, because I'm sorry. The, the, when you open a can of Pringles, the whole can goes. It's not, hey, I'm going to take a couple and be out. The whole can goes. You eat a whole no, can right. of Pringles in Oline, you're it's over for you. <laughs> you are, you are indeed. This is an uncomfortable conversation, but I did introduce the topic. And you are, in fact, correct. <laughs> what do you think about yesterday? And I know you guys had Graham Rahal on this morning. And, and I mentioned this at the outset, too. Um, I, I don't know if you agree with me on this. Because I, I guess overall, I don't know how Graham has been perceived about IndyCar fans around here. But to me, there was always a pocket, if not more, of IndyCar fans that thought that he was entitled and he was there because his father and he wouldn't have a gig otherwise and maybe didn't really like the dude. Um, I think now those people may turn over a little bit considering uh, exactly how he's handled getting bumped out yesterday, both emotionally and professionally. Well, I totally agree. I had mentioned this morning, you know, John, you always have the the kid who's, you know, the, the little league pitcher whose dad is the coach syndrome. Right. I mean, like when I played little league baseball, whoever was the coach of my team, his kid was the pitcher and the shortstop. And whoever coached our football team at the Y, his kid was the quarterback. And you always have those people that are like, well, his kids only play that position because his dad's the coach. And I think truthfully, as somebody who follows the sport pretty closely, I do think that a lot of that sentiment about Graham, because of the fact that it's Ray Hall, Letterman, Lanning and racing, 
I think a lot of that sentiment about Graham was always inaccurate. But I think that Graham, because of the fact that Graham was somebody that was relatively, I, I think that he learned at a young age to kind of just block out the criticism. And so as a result of that, I, I think people thought that his reaction to that perception was one of being aloof. I like Graham a great deal. And I said earlier today, John, my job is to be objective and to not have rooting interest about, you know, what takes place in events. But it doesn't mean that I don't have rooting interest about people in general. And Graham Rahal, open disclaimer, Graham Rahal has been very good to me. I, I, I have a great appreciation and admiration for him as an individual and as a competitor. Now, that to be said, you are correct that I think that he has been polarizing for the reasons of which I stated. And also because I don't think that he felt it was his responsibility to, to try to break that stigma. Um, and I don't mean that in a bad way. But I do think that yesterday, for the first time, people were able to see how Graham Rahal handles adversity. And he handled it perfectly, I think. He was humble. He was realistic. He was somewhat self-deprecating, but most of all, he was vulnerable. And I think people will indeed be eager to then applaud him next year when he comes back and qualifies for the Indy 500. I think he will have a Tony Kanaan-level sentiment of fans suddenly feeling like they are pulling for a guy that people love to see a comeback story. And he has an opportunity now for a big one. Now, all that to be said, you know, I don't know. I know that there was an incident earlier today with Captain Leg and Stephen Wilson on the track. Both of them left under their own power, but Stephen Wilson, I don't know the extent of that injury. If either of those two drivers is unable to drive in the 500, certainly Captain Leg's standpoint, it would be natural that Graham Rahal would be the replacement driver because that's his team. But if Stephen Wilson is unable to drive that car for Dreyer Reinbold, you know, I know J.R. Hildebrand is around, and that probably would be the first natural thought because there's a history there. Um, but does Graham somehow then, from a sponsorship standpoint, get involved? You know, I don't know the answer to that. I liked that Graham Rahal said earlier today that he doesn't feel that he should be bought in. I can't talk about filling in for an injury, but bought into a car, which is a you know, which you can do legally. Um, you know, he said, look, everybody that's in the field earned the right to be there, and we did not. And I think that was the right thing to say. Yeah. yeah I, I don't think you could have handled it any better than that. And I, I've always been kind of interested in that dynamic with the fans around here and how they feel about him. And, and honestly, Jake, when that was going down, I don't know what you thought about it because you're actually out there, you know, as a part of it. But I, I thought that this was was going to be kind of the worst for him. You know what I mean? I mean, it was the, the hammer was going to come down. You were going to get a lot of talking and squawking from people. But uh, you know, as he was incredibly understanding for the situation, I think a lot of people also, which in terms of Twitter, rarely if ever happens, kind of fell in line with that in mind. So it was really good to see on both sides. Yeah, the other thing I think it does do is, you know, Graham was pretty open at the beginning of the month about his frustration with the team itself, with their inability to set up good qualifying race cars in a lot of the races. And, you know, the, the, the dynamic between Graham and his father is very interesting. I mean, from a business standpoint, I, I'm not talking about when they're away, but from a business standpoint, it is owner and driver. And 
you know, Graham was pretty open about the fact of his wanting to test the waters perhaps at the end of the year when he's a free agent. And I think this actually kind of solidifies him back with the team personally. I haven't had that discussion with them other than what you heard on the radio, nor would it be, it would be disingenuous for me to say that I'm in that inner loop with him. But I do think that this creates in him a hunger to bond together with that group to be able to be part of their project of redemption next year. And so I think that it probably solidifies him back as opposed to the opposite. Time will tell on that. We don't know. But um, I look forward to it. I look forward to next year seeing that team come back, figure out where they missed it, and put Graham back in the show and put him back in the show where he is a guy that's competitive. And I have no reason to believe that won't take place. It's uh, Jay Query, Morning Show, Kevin and Query, the IMS Radio Network. Got you covered coming up, obviously, on Sunday for the 107th running of the Indianapolis 500 on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Have you seen that that still photo Marshall Pruitt had being that close to that wreck today with with Catherine yeah, Legs, High V machine, pretty pretty close to him? I couldn't tell the perspective from where Marshall was taking it. He must have been in the photog area of turn one. I mean, that was pretty amazing for sure. And of course, you know, I know Marshall, I mean, you know, I know him peripherally, I guess, but he's a good dude for sure. I mean, and that was, it was an amazing photo, but I'm glad he's okay. Yeah, that's no doubt. That looked pretty close right there. So that, that, um, that looked bad. So I, I was glad to hear everybody was okay out of that because initially when you watched that, that looked really bad. Yeah, I think what happened is, you know, quite frankly, Catherine Legg was coming down the straightaway. Steph Wilson was just in front of her, and I think Steph Wilson kind of got checked up in traffic going into one, and Catherine Legg didn't realize that he had just checked up, by the way, a racing term for out of the throttle. And I I think she didn't realize that, and she just kind of clipped him, and, you know, it sent both of them into the outside wall. So, um, you know, Steph Wilson, again, I – my understanding is he was he was put on a stretcher. I hope that's precautionary and transferred to Methodist. But he did give a thumbs up and a wave and that kind of thing. So that's good news. But um, never want to see it. It's amazing to think that even though it wasn't obviously the full month like we've been used to in the past, you still had, you know, some, what, 9,000 laps turned in practice and qualifying and everything else, 10,000, whatever it may be, um, without an incident. And then it happens today. And, of course, They'll have to get the cars fixed and then come out for carb day and you get a couple hours to shake it down and see how it feels and then park it and go racing on Sunday. You got anybody in mind for the win on Sunday? Really, really early prediction? I mean, Polo is the obvious answer here. Um, I do think that there are – I always kind of break it down into tiers, you know, like favorites and then drivers that could win if they get a little bit of help or things fall their way. I think there's probably six to eight you could list as favorites, but um, it's hard to say just one. I mean, Polo is the heavy – it's hard to overlook him. However, if there is a year that Dixon's going to get number two or Newgarden's going to get number one, it kind of feels like this would be that kind of year because there's not as much focus on either. But I wouldn't rule out Rossi. I think Rossi has a really good chance. And I, I like the way – I think his car is really good in traffic. He's got good speed. He's really good on the outside line. I think the world of his talent. I think Rossi is, I would take a hard look at. And then, I'll be honest, Mansato. Takuma Sato's got a darn good car. Nobody's talking about it. He's fast as hell and he's fearless. 
Yeah, um, I've already, I picked him last through. week to win. I picked I, that's my yeah. pick to win last week. I, that, that's that is. I mean, that makes it that listen. That's as good a call as any other. You know what I mean? I mean, it's gonna be fun to watch, man. Because there are a lot. I mean, I think one of the other things that's gonna be fun to watch in the beginning. Renus BK and you, you know whenever you watch a horse race, there's always the one horse when they go into the, you know when they're when they're posting. There's always the one that gets a little bit squirrely and you know kind of bucks a little bit and. You know, that, that that feels to me like Santino Ferrucci and Renus VK both. Those guys are just, I mean, they're flat-out talent. They're young, they're hungry, and they're fearless, man. And VK loves leading races. And Ferrucci told us this morning, he's like, look, I'm going for it. So those two guys are going to be interesting to watch at the very outset. Um, and, and I would anticipate both of them are going to charge towards, you know, I mean, they're already starting up front, obviously. But like a push to try to lead early. And – We'll see how guys, veterans like the you know, Dixon or, you know, for that matter, even Polo, even though he's a younger guy, having that, that kind of noise around them. So Jake Query, the morning show, Kevin and Query on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Um, we were talking about this a little bit earlier of, I don't know if I should put this primary sponsors or just all the sponsors in general. What percentage do you think that we actually would know. And that doesn't mean much, but, you know, maybe it's just a company we don't know about, whatever. But it seems like that this year over even last year or in recent history, there are a lot more of these companies or these, I guess, advertisers, if you will, car sponsors that I don't know what they are. Is that just, does that say more about me than it does anything else? It's a little of both, probably. I I do think that because racing and the open wheel standpoint is a sport of innovation. There are a lot of innovative industries right. that sponsor cars and, and therefore, you know, I mean, Arrow for that matter, right? I mean, Arrow McLaren. So Arrow, you know, they develop like things for, to help like Sam Schmidt drive a race car using his yeah. eyes and, you know, the, the, the engineering stuff that is well beyond. I mean, I can't say, I can't, you know, your intellect is higher than mine. It took me 30 years longer to graduate from college than it took you. So, you know, but for me, a lot of that stuff's far beyond my level of comprehension as to what it is exactly. So right. I think you're, I don't think you're off base. Yeah, I mean, yeah that's, that's kind of know, what I think too. Yeah. Like, like last year, for example, I mean, Marcus Erickson won with a primary sponsor that was not available in America. And I don't think still is. Correct. As a matter of fact, Husky chocolate, which is basically like a muscle milk, that, the reason that's a sponsorship for him is because he won a racing scholarship from them in his native Sweden back when he was like a junior racer. And so that's why they're still in his car now. They have now transitioned to like basically a – and that's going to be available in the U.S. in June, and that's actually what's on his car now. It's still Husky, but underneath it it says like Ice Spritzer or whatever it is, right? But, you know, it's a lot different than you and I talked about this the other day, John. Back in the day, you know, it was Marlboro Team Penske. And it yeah. was team players. And it was, yeah. you know, cool cigarettes. And, you know, when you had the tobacco <laughs> stuff on there, that's yeah. a whole different ball. The Skull you know Bandit. I mean? That's maybe the greatest of all time. The Skull 19, Bandit and Teo Fabi. 1983. I'm 10 years old. 1983. My dad and I go to the race. Teo Fabi's on the pole. And we go to the race. I go walking in the Southeast Vista to sit with my dad. I'm a fourth grader. And we sit down, and my dad's like, what are you chewing? And I'm like, oh, man, they were giving out gum samples at the <laughs> gate. <laughs> my dad's like, 
what the hell? And like he grabs it. And I thought it was I thought it was Trident. No, it was Skull Bandit. <laughs> about to a ten year old as I'm walking in. Hey, that just goes to show you how different any three was compared to today. <laughs> Everybody doing that would go to jail today. I mean, right immediately. <laughs> Hey, no, no, no question about it, right? Uh, here you go, kid. Make a man of yourself. Enjoy some Skull Bandit. Uh, skull Bandit. You know, it's funny. Back where I grew up, um, certainly I did not, but basically everybody else did. They chewed tobacco. And a Skull Bandit and the brand Hawken, they were – the that was you got made fun of it if you yeah. chewed tobacco yeah. as being a, a wuss. With you both, be chewing big league chew. Yes. Yeah, oh, man, yeah. you, know, you got to drink. You, know, you got to do this. You get a beach nut. You know what I mean? And they'd pull out Levi Garrett. They pull out this big, big bunch of dried up leaves out of this package and shove it in their mouth. It's it was a different era altogether, Jake. Yeah, there's no doubt about that, man. No <laughs> doubt about it. The skull bandit. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, Here I am thinking I'm getting some chiclet bubblegum. No, Skull Bandits, baby. Probably didn't taste too great either, did it? No, I think it had a little bite to it, but I was like, well, this mint gum seems stale, you know? Yeah, the closest I ever got to chewing tobacco is I I would, uh, like, I'd get a bunch of uh, sun-made raisins and put them in my, my, like, act like it was tobacco and spit it out. That's the closest I ever got. What about sunflower seeds? You ever do the sunflower Uh, seed deal? You know what? Much like everything else in the world, it made me, uh, it, if it were a road game, I'd struggle. You know what I mean? I don't know why. Yeah. Sunflower oh. seeds do that to me. So, and I couldn't do that during okay. a game because I was a catcher. <laughs> well, at least it wasn't Pringles. <laughs> All right. 7 until 10 a.m. tomorrow morning. What do you got? Uh, you know what? They just, I know, I think Ed Carpenter's tomorrow. Uh, Renus VK as well, yep. I, I think, is going to join us. Um, and then. You know, we'll we'll continue kind of setting everything up. I think we're going to start giving away numbers too. We got our randomly assigned numbers one through thirty three. You call in, you give us the number, we give you a driver. They win. They're the first out, or the, they're the biggest mover, and you win a prize. Oh, that's well done. What are you guys giving away? I think we're giving away gift cards to Bottleworks again, like we did for the NCAA tournament. Man, I'll tell you what. From these, the, you know, I love the fact people play, but from the winners of our fantasy football league, I'm still carrying around bar restocks in the truck for that. Some guy said, yeah, hey, bring it up to Pendleton and I'll be there. I brought it up to Pendleton. No, I wasn't there. So I'm just thinking about if if you don't claim your bar restock, if you're a winner within the next couple of weeks, I'll just take it home. Because all I do is travel around with it in a truck. All people get in there and go, yeah, what, what is all this clang in the back? Well, it's all these, these winners and their liquor. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, you know, listen, you, you could probably, if you got a, you got an extra bottle of some bourbon or something, I, you know, Motman, my cardiologist is a bourbon fan. I, I don't, I can't have a whole lot of it, but I can, I can get some good heart stuff out of it on trade. So I'll take it. Oh, heck yeah. So let me know. You got plenty of it back All there. Right. If you ever go past my desk, you can tell there's a ton of it back there. So got it. I love it. All right, man. I'll talk at you. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.